Welcome to My Life, Tanya Applied with Rabbi Simon Jacobson, a journey into the deepest teachings of Torah and their application to our personal, emotional, and psychological lives. A good week. We continue our journey in the life-changing Sefer HaTanya. This program is made possible by Rena Lights, LLC, and is in honor and memory of Rabbi Yosef Halevi Weinberg Olav HaShalom and Amesha Pinchas HaKoyen Katz Olav HaShalom Rabbi Yael HaKoyen Khan Olav HaShalom It's also on schus and merit of Rabbi Zev Yecheskel HaKoyen and Risha Katz Le'edich Yom Bishanim Tevis for many long healthy years We're in the middle of chapter 10, Perik Yud which is the Perik about the Tzaddik talking about two types of Tzaddikim and what is so powerful about the theme here is the Alter Rebbe is describing an individual who is so in love and so connected to the divine, to the MS, to the truth, that automatically, in direct proportion to that powerful love, is his repulsion and despising anything that's the opposite of it. This is also a fascinating look at human nature. Sometimes you see the power of somebody in how that much they're attracted to something. Sometimes you see it in how much they're repulsed by something. What he's saying here is that the more you love something, the more you hate its opposite. But let's make it clear. The word hate, he uses the word sinna and mius, which we see, we translate as sinna as despising or detesting. And Mius as repulsion, being repulsed by it, disgusted by it. And we spoke about the difference. We'll get back to that in a minute. But the point is that we don't mean here hatred in a negative way. We mean the exact opposite, actually. The more you love light, the more you detest and are repulsed by, by darkness. The more you love something healthy, the more you're disturbed by something that's unhealthy. So we're talking about a person who's just repulsed by things, either because they have a mean streak in them or because they just have an insecurity. And we have that. People are critical of things. But you'll see it's not necessarily just translated that they also love the opposite. They're people that just like to be critical. That's not at all what we're talking about. Here he makes it very clear. The words he uses, as we learned inside, is that because Sitra Achra and Kedusha Zelu Umaze, Ukafi Erech Goyed La'avel Hashem, Kach Erech Goyed La'asinu La'asitra Achra. So in direct proportion, so in direct proportion to the level and magnitude of the person's love of God will be the intensity of him detesting The opposite. So it's actually beginning from a loving place. So when you see someone doesn't really detest or repulsed or is repulsed by something that is a negative, the first thing you have to ask yourself, how much are they connected to the opposites and how much do they love the good side? So again, we're not talking about someone who's in general a sadistic person, a, a negative person, an angry person. We're speaking about someone who is not liking something that is the opposite, death. You see murder. 
There's some people who become insensitive. You see it all the time, unfortunately. A person could be hurt, and people just walk by like as if nothing happened. What's the reason for that? Is it just indifference? Or perhaps it reflects how much do they really love life? How much are they really committed? If a person is apathetic, he's not committed to the positive, he's not going to be very disturbed by the negative. Now, of course, these are measures because it's, uh, it can go from one extreme to the next. The tzaddik, especially the tzaddik gomer that we're describing now, is someone whose love is so all-consuming that there's no possible room for anything else and therefore completely rejects anything. It's like, uh, to give an example, if someone came to you to negotiate, a Hitler yamach shamay, and says, you know what? I'll compromise, I'll give up 90%, but you give me 10%. If you knew what he was capable of, you knew what his intentions were, you wouldn't give one inch. Because you're not dealing with a person you can trust. You're dealing with a person who's an absolute psychopath or sociopath, just a destructive human being. So you don't give one inch. Why? Because you're so clear in your mind you're so connected to what is real and true, something that's a little off, absolutely not. Someone who's not that connected may say, you know what, maybe I'll compromise and so on. So the compromise, even in, even in the smallest minute way, is a result of the lack of total commitment. When you're totally committed, there's no room for even one inch. And that's the tzaddik gomer. By contrast, the tzaddik she'ena gomer, like we'll learn, is also a tzaddik. And there's no negative anything in him. But he doesn't have that absolute love, so automatically he doesn't have the absolute, total rejection of the opposite. He can't really always tell, because at the end of the day he's a tzaddik. And he'll never act in any negative way, God forbid. But like an example with the two kings fighting over a city, the Irktano of the previous chapter. So when with this total, total, an absolute control means every citizen in that city is now in love with and connected with the divine soul. So there's no room for any opposition. By the tzaddik she'en gomer, yes, he's conquered the city, and the nefesh of the kids, the divine soul, is in total control, but there's still, there can still be a uh, vestige. Something remains that has not been transformed, not necessarily opposing, but because it's not totally with you. So that means they're still not completely rejected the negative. There's still a drop of darkness somewhere. Even if it can't act out, even if it has no way of, of expressing itself. So, to go back to what we learned inside, let's learn inside now. We learned this, I'll go over what we learned. So, after explaining in the beginning of the chapter... Definition of a tzaddik, starting with a tzaddik sheinagomer, whose divine soul has so dominated and battled with the animal soul till he has completely expelled it from within him. But the ra was not nepach; he expelled it, but transformed not. You can eliminate an enemy, but it doesn't mean the enemy became your friend. So that's called a tzaddik sheinagomer and a tzaddik raloi. Because there's still that some 
not absolute. There's some remnant, some trace of the negative, except it's not in any way active. Meaning it's so minute that it's completely nullified. And that's why it appears to him as if he eliminated it. But had he truly eliminated it, it would have been transformed. And to explain that, he explains the other tzaddik, the tzaddik gomor. So we read inside what the tzaddik gomor is. Shanepach harasha leletev. Here we're talking about shanepach. How is it possible to transform? Because his love is so absolute. So automatically, the other extreme is completely nullified, more than nullified, completely not even any room for it. There's no room for it. All there is room for is transformation. In other words, it doesn't even tolerate either your, it doesn't tolerate even neutrality. Because in godliness, it's everything's absolute emes. There isn't one trace, there's one remnant, nothing remains. Okay. So, and he continues on. And how do you do that? By the removing of, like we discussed, and that I'm not going to go over again because we learned it. By completely removing the evil soiled garments. The garments. Because there's no, he's no longer dressed in any such garments of anything negative. The Hainu, which means, what does that mean in practical terms? Deeply repulsed or disgusted by the pleasures of this world. And here again, disgust is not disgust as in a negative emotion, is because he recognizes its emptiness. He recognizes what, why, what are we disgusted by? We're talking about a sophisticated disgust. You're disgusted by things that are absolutely not that are destructive that are a complete folly. So it's not just neutral. You're disgusted by it. That's how strong it is. And why? By the pleasures of the world. And enjoying, like he says, the sonic bomb, to enjoying mortal pleasures, purely to gratify the body, and not, and not the worship of God. In other words, you're not eating to serve God. So all that is repulsive for him. Why? Because they're coming because these pleasures are derived from and powered, energized by the klipa sitrachra, by the shell and by the other side which is not directed toward the divine. Now you can say if you're not aware of godliness and its beauty and its power you're obviously not going to be so repulsed. That's why we easily indulge in materialism. On the other hand, the more you learn, learn about God, the more you experience it, the more you see what beauty is, the more you realize what is ugly. But if a person grew up accustomed in this world to ugliness, to toxins, you can get accustomed, you can get used to it. And say, yeah, not so bad. But if you truly see purity, then even one drop of impurity one blemish is serious when you look at, let's say, a white, a pure white uh, snow or anything that's pure white. Every little blemish is going to be noticed. But if it's not white, you won't notice these blemishes. You don't see the cracks necessarily. So it's in direct proportion to how much you appreciate what God is. 
That's why when we look at the world today, you see people who are not necessarily following what God wants, it could very well simply be they don't know what God is. So by default, what came their way? It's like someone who didn't know better. I mean, how many times have we met people? The standards for love and for health were so low that they thought something unhealthy is healthy. I met people who literally told me to get angry is a normal way of expressing yourself. That's how my father would express himself and even be physical. I said, is that the only option? But when it's the only one you're exposed to, that becomes your standard. Then you grow and learn there's a higher standard. The higher your standard, the more you won't tolerate the opposite. Then you'll say, one second, that's not acceptable. And sometimes that's what we need, to be exposed to something greater. That's a lesson for each one of us. In this case, we're talking about a tzaddik gomer is the ultimate. The Alter Rebbe wants to give the, the, the ultimate of what is the perfect human being in that sense. Someone who sees God, who experiences and sees God and says the only truth. And therefore, like he continues now, Why? Because he knows what God is. So everything opposite, he immediately says, this is not it. He utterly detests, and here he goes back to the word seine, detests, anything that is from the sitra akhir, from the other side, machmas Hashem says right away. Not because he's a detesting person, not because he's an angry person or because he hates things. It's due to his love, due to his profound love for God and his holiness. We're going over, we learned this, but it's worthwhile going over it again. With an exceptional love that is great and pleasurable. The Ava B'Tainugim that we learned in the previous chapter, the highest level of Ava. So why is this the case? So now the Alter Rebbe doesn't stop here. He spells it out. Because these two forces are not, they're not neighbors. They're not allies. They don't live side by side. They're the opposites. They're the diametric opposites. It's like someone saying, I like dark and I like light. No, they're two opposites. You cannot love opposite of the opposite of that love if you love someone then of course you're going to despise anything that challenges that love if you don't that means the love is not complete like we're discussing here they made one opposite another and he brings the pasuk which we go over again David says I utterly detest them to the enemies and then the pasuk continues, "Hoyuli, chakreini v'dalavavi." Why do I detest them? Because probe my heart, and you'll see my deep love for you. That's the second half of the pasuk, the second pasuk, and the Alter Rebbe is teaching in this way. Why do I despise these enemies of God? Is because I probe my heart, and you love me. I love so much. And as a result of that great love, direct proportion is the despising of everything opposite of that love. The more you love life, the more you reject death. The more you love light, the more you reject darkness. The more you love clarity, the more you reject confusion. 
And the Alter Rebbe explains, and direct proportion to the level of magnitude of, your, of the love of God will be the intensity of how you, the person detests the opposite of God. Here he brings both together the, the detesting and the disgust or the repulsion. Amir's Barabatach is the complete and absolute repulsion of evil. Ki Amir's, who hepecha ava mamish. You just see how the Alter Rebbe does not leave any stone unturned. Because we could start saying, one second, who says Mius? Maybe Sina, detesting something is the opposite of love. Love and hate. Love and detesting. But what about being repulsed by something? So he says, no, repulsion too is the opposite of, uh, uh, repulsion is literally the opposite of love. Just like Kamoya Sina, as is detesting. And since it's the opposite, so therefore it works exactly like that. The more you're connected to one, the more you're going to reject the other. So this is the Tzadik Gomor. This is the Tzadik Gomor. And this explains what he said earlier. What he said earlier by the Tzadik Shein Gomor. That if indeed there was a complete repulsion that was completely left, left him of the, of the negative, he would have been transformed to good. Why? Because they're directly proportionate to each other. The Tzadik Gomor proves that. Because by him, Atakeb has been transformed. Why? Because his love is so absolute. Now, there's a tremendous lesson in this, which I already alluded to and described earlier, but it's important to emphasize. What you see here, the Alter Rebbe is so adamant to say that the despising and the detesting and the, and the repulsion and disgust of the opposite is not an end in itself. And it doesn't begin itself. It's machmas, said clearly. Machmas geid la vosay. Kfi erich geid la Hashem. So this brings me to something, on, on, I mean, it's a sad but re, a real fact in life. And many people look at a frumeid and they see the frumeid as a person who's um, angry, judgmental, and very critical. Not mentioning names, you see people who throw stones at, let's say, cars that are driving a Shabbos in Yisrael. What's the impression people get from that? So a person are extremists, and so on. Now, you can say it's justified. What do you mean? Someone driving a Shabbos is such a serious thing. And there's you're supposed to point out to someone if they're doing something wrong. You're supposed to reprimand them. So a story I heard. There was a Yerushalmi Eid. He was not a Chabadnik. And he came to, to see the Lubavitcher Rebbe in the mid-50s. And he says he lives in Yerushalayim and he sees, unfortunately he sees Eden that are not, uh, at least in a revealed way, keeping Shabbos. What should be the attitude? Should he criticize them? Should he ignore them? 
What should he be? What should be the attitude? And the Rebbe said to him, I had a similar story, a similar question when I was in Leningrad in the mid early twenties, when the Rebbe first came to see his future father-in-law, the Friedrich Rebbe. And, and we would go to the Fabrings. Leningrad was a big city, a lot of Jews there. He says, we'd Fabring with my father-in-law. Then we'd go back home. And often on Shabbos, we'd see people doing things that were not uh, observing Shabbos in a revealed way. Someone smoking and so on. So I asked my father-in-law, this is what the Rebbe said, what should I do when I see a Jew that is desecrating Shabbos in public? And my father-in-law said to me, you go over to him, and you look at him with a big smile and say to him, a good Shabbos. Tell him, good Shabbos. Why? Because you don't want to feed into, and this I'm explaining now, you want to, don't want to feed into, oh, he's disturbing my Shabbos. Or he's disturbing God's Shabbos. Because then you're getting into, maybe it's your own emotions, and maybe it's your own subjectivity, and your own judgmentalism. Is it necessarily coming from the purest place? Maybe it's just out your comfort zone. Suddenly you're standing and upstand, you're, you're the one that's defending God in every possible way. And more importantly, when you don't like someone that is breaking Shabbos, is because you love Shabbos so much. Because you love God so much. Not because you don't like what he's doing. So you have to focus on the good Shabbos. And finally, he's a Jew. We don't know what his story is. The good Shabbos will bring out to him the Pintalayit. But the point I want to make is, it's so easy to fall into the trap of disliking things. I've heard from people told me, I grew up, we were told what we have to criticize, what we have to judge, what we don't accept. I know more about what I have to reject than what I have to embrace. The Alter Rebbe is coming to negate that and preempt that attitude. It's because you embrace God, that's why you reject the opposite. It's all about the focus on the positive. And when you have that absolute love, then automatically everything else will be rejected. And vice versa, if you're not really rejecting it and you're ignoring it, it's perhaps because you're not fully embracing the love of Hashem. So there are many lessons that can be learned about this, that the focus is about connecting to God, not disconnecting from the opposite of what God is. So of course there's surmara. Of course we have to protect ourselves and defend ourselves and avoid the negative. But above all you're doing is planting a garden and bringing flowers into this world. You need weeds to make sure the flowers are healthy. Surmara vasetev. But the goal and the end is not just the negative. To reject the negative. You're rejecting the negative as a result of the love for the positive. In this case, for godliness. So that explains the Tzadik Omar. Then the Alter Rebbe continues. With Tzadik By contrast, now the Tzadik Gomur. The incomplete tzaddik, which is also called, who's also called the tzaddik v'ralei, who, he's a person, she'ena sena sitra achir betachlis asina. He does not utterly detest 
the opposite side. He's rejected it. It's no longer in his life. We said that very clearly. He expelled it. But to say totally detesting, there's some way, somewhere a tolerance. Again, I discussed earlier why does the Alter Rebbe have to be so... Uh, I mean, he doesn't detest it entirely. Because we're talking about absolute emes. It doesn't matter. It's not a matter of measure. Whether it's a little or more. Anything. He doesn't detest it completely. So like the king who conquered the city, he says, okay, they're not my, they're not my allies. Let them be. But he's not transformed them. So there's still somewhere, there's still somewhere a, uh, a trace of the opposite. And here too, the same story. Because he does not only detest it, that's why also he therefore not, doesn't completely be repulsed by it. We spoke the difference between detest and repulsed, which is essentially the difference that you're repulsed more by, uh, like we learned, we, learned, we learned earlier that we said the difference between, is, between the two is, is like this. And we're talking about the kaychis ruchnim, the spiritual things that, that are opposed to godliness, to holiness. That's something we are, we are, we detest. Things of elam haze are like disgusting. What are you disgusted by? Something that is like, you know, you know you're, gonna, you're not going to eat a food that's spoiled. Or other things that are disgusting. It's much more than just this, to detesting it. So he says, so therefore he also doesn't detest. So we see from this, actually, He's introducing something that wasn't stated explicitly before, that repulsion. Is a result of being of detesting. That's what he says here. Yeah. Okay, and then he continues. Now he goes to the other side. Remember, it was the great love that caused him to reject everything opposite. Since he's not rejecting the entire opposite completely, and so long as the loathing and repulsion is not absolute, so you have to necessarily say there remains some trace of love and being drawn to the negative and the pleasure. But this doesn't mean in actuality because we're talking about a tzaddik. But it means because it's not completely consumed by love, so there's somewhere, there's some room. And the soiled garments were not completely removed. Completely and thoroughly removed and discarded. And that's why the animal soul and this person has not been completely transformed to good, since there still has some attachment to the soiled garments. Which brings us back to why you have to say, since it wasn't transformed, it means it wasn't completely impacted. However, it is nullified, as he'll explain afterwards.
So we'll talk more about the sin and mius, mius or paper that comes from the, the one comes from the next. But we'll leave that for the next week and beside him in a positive way. That this is all about the embracing of light, the embracing of love, and the embracing of God. Everyone have a good tavoch. TanyaApplied.com. We have this program, all the previous programs. Be well, we eventually. This has been My Life Tanya Applied with Rabbi Simon Jacobson. Please join us again next week. Visit ChasidahApplied.com for archived classes and more resources.